Jai Jai Sitchitanya Jai Anichananda Jai Adaitatanya Jai Agorabhaktavinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So today I begin with uh, the... Um, the book called Sri Krishna Chaitanya, which is written in two volumes, so starting with volume one, by Professor Nisikant Sanyal, also known as Sri Narayandas Bhakti Sudhakar Prabhu, a disciple of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and at the same time uh, a qualified professor. And his book is then also uh, very substantial. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was very satisfied with this book. And uh, he just uh, classified it as an authorized uh, authorized book. And uh, and, uh, we see how the early editors of the Back to Godhead magazine, they were asking Prabhupada about this book and if they could publish something from the book in the Back to Godhead magazine. And Prabhupada said, oh yes, my spiritual master endorsed this as an authorized book. Yes, yes, it is suitable for publication. So uh, we find that uh, Professor Nisikan Sanyal was a senior professor of history at the Ravenshaw College in Kattak, or Orissa. Mm. So, uh, yeah, the book is is obviously uh, 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 let's say it is very dense and very full of, of, of many, many topics, and I can't say that I have uh, have properly analyzed and covered the book, but I can give some sort of overview and introduction to it. And uh, I also think that uh, it's obviously not my objective to uh, to write a complete uh, a complete. Uh, analysis of the book and include that in in my own book that wouldn't be possible so all i can include is some highlights welcome to you all nice to see familiar names Hare krishna so first of all we get like uh, an introduction of uh, of srila bhakti siddhanta and uh, srila bhakti siddhanta or a preface, what is it called? Let's just go there. A preface. Is it? No, a foreword. Okay, so let's read a little bit from Srila Bhakti Siddhanta's foreword and then uh, see where that goes. Foreword. Men of culture are often found to devote themselves in acquiring knowledge of various subjects which could prove Uh, efficacious to them in their needs. 
So we may not confuse to accept all readers in the same line of thought. The best scrutinizers of knowledge in their cultural extension should possess all skill and dexterity to get their most covetable and having had a care for eternity in uninterrupted blissful unalloyed knowledge. All right. Um, I guess let's read the whole pack. The incarnate of the acme of knowledge seekers will be the best reader of this book when they can have the privilege of comparing the merits of different views of pure theists. Mental speculationists have diverse objects of investigation and their diversity of seeking knowledge would simply disturb the peaceful mentality having been tempted by the duping features of the external manifestation quite suitable and dovetailing the present purposes of enjoyment by their imperfect senses. Yes, that was crystal clear, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm sure you all understood every, every word of it. Um, and then, well, his point is this, is that uh, amongst men of culture, there are those who devote themselves to acquiring knowledge of various subjects. Um, not everyone um, is, is in the same line of thought. Some are uh, the best scrutinizers of knowledge, right? Uh, they are interested in the absolute truth. Um, the best of such knowledge seekers, they will be, uh, or the acme of knowledge seekers, the topmost such knowledge seeker will be the best readers of this book. Um, mental, those who are into mental speculation and are reading just uh, to um, to to strengthen their own ideas, their own speculations, um, uh, they cause a disturbance um, in trying to understand this topic matter. Or as Rupa Goswami says, Shutishmiti Purana di Pancharata Bidimbina Utpati Yaiva Kalpate, simply Utpati Yaiva Kalpate, just a disturbance. Yes. Well, so Srila uh, Bhakti Siddhanta begins to describe. Uh, the unalloyed devotional exhibition in the pastimes of Sri Krishna Chaitanya and his followings are the best and greatest boon that could be had in the quest of the absolute readers. Um, in the quest of the absolute truth. Oh yeah, so, so uh, pointing out that uh, he responds to the busy people of this world who are... The busy people of this world have decided that the gratification of the senses should be the essential aim of all our enterprises here as well, as in the next world. Yeah. So, yes, sense gratification here 
and then we get promotion to heavens where sense gratification continues. Um, and so that, so they have deemed it fit to adopt the principle of an ethical religion, supplying their wants and to fulfill whatever we are in need of. Um, so basically now he's speaking out against a, uh, a in the in the Vedic context in, in uh, about uh, karma kanda type of uh, mentality, fruit of mentality. We do this and this worship to attain these and these benefits, and of course we see that mentality also coming in in other uh, spiritual traditions. Um, Yeah. Ooh. And then Srila Bhakti Siddhanta at the end of his introduction, um, he has given something, uh, some sort of summary of the uh, of the tenth canto, Srimad Bhagavatam to introduce Krishna. Right? And what he has done, he not described any pastimes, he just gives us like uh, one, two, three, four, five pages. Five pages, all from the tenth canto, with the qualities of Krishna. And I'll, I'll read just a few, I won't read all five pages, but he says, Krishna is possessed of an unlimited intellect. Um, 84.22, so it's chapter 84, text 22. Krishna is inaccessible to sensuous knowledge. 16.46. Krishna is lord of the infinity of worlds. 69.17. Krishna wields the power of creating the unlimited. 87-28. Krishna carries the impress of limitless power. 87.14. Krishna is possessed of inconceivable potency, 1029. Krishna is unborn, 5928, 7421. Krishna solves all heterogeneous views, 7424. Krishna is vanquished by exclusive devotion, 14.3. Krishna is inner guide, 17. Krishna is the withholder of the energy of the wicked, 1619. Krishna is the giver of salvation to jivas that are free from vanity. 86.48, Krishna ordains the worldly cause of conceited jivas, 86.48. So this in itself, this whole list is, is very, very significant on five pages. Um, and we get a whole overview of the qualities of, of, of Krishna. And in this way, uh, his personality becomes defined. And in this way, the object of the worship of Sri Chaitanya becomes defined, and in this way, the love, the object of love of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu becomes defined. So, um, it's a very interesting list, and uh, I, uh, I think I'll include it in my uh, my book as a, uh, you know, as a supplement because I really think that it is uh, 
Oh, it's interesting. But I'll go on and I'll begin to discuss shortly the, the chapter titles, uh, contents. Introductory, chapter one, object and method. The object is to write a theistic account of Sri Krishna Chaitanya, identical with the absolute truth fully revealed by himself. The narrative has been received from preceptors whose vision is undisturbed by physical or mental obstruction, but they did not tell this thing in the present form and language. Sources of the present work. Tako Bhaktivinoda is the pioneer of the spiritual exposition of the career of Sri Krishna Chaitanya in the present age. All right, so basically the object and the method is that he wants to um, give the same knowledge as was spoken about the absolute truth by previous acharyas, but now he presents it in a contemporary form and contemporary language, which has already been started by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who is the pioneer of presenting Krishna consciousness in the modern era, but in a very uh, succinct and summarized way, whereas now he wants to do a more elaborate description. Chapter 2. It's still introductory. The real nature of Sri Krishna, empiric misinterpretation of the transcendental history of Krishna due to sectarian rancor, outline of the career of Krishna. All right, so get something about... Uh, I'm just reading it quickly and then we'll go into these chapters, into this introduction. And today I will not get beyond the introduction, that's quite clear. I might not even finish it, the introduction. Um, this work of uh, Professor Sanyo, it's, a prof it's, it's maybe a little complicated language for some, but still it's, uh, it's, it's very significant. And when we look at, at the Chaitanya Charitamrita, we want to really uh, do a study I don't think we can bypass the work of Professor Sanyal by no means. I think rather we have here a mine, a, a mine filled with all kinds of interesting conclusions. So the proper, the second chapter then, the proper interpretation of who Krishna is and historically. Um, chapter three, the highest worship of Sri Krishna and getting into the mood of worship of Vrindavan versus uh, the transcendental nature of the amorous service of Krishna by the spiritual milkmaids of Braja is realizable by conditioned souls, by gradual stages, as the result of their progressive endeavors on the path of spiritual living. Then we get chapter four, a comparative study of religion. Uh, so... Uh, he goes into uh, anyway. We'll see. We'll see what that is. He gets into the history of theism and the, or the history of atheism and the history of theism in two chapters. The genesis and great variety of the atheistic schools directly and indirectly dominate religious opinion of the world. 
So he sinks his teeth in the in the general uh, uh, ideas that are existing, contemporary ideas, and then he gets into uh, the progressive resolution of the highest divine. Then he moves on to the founder acharyas of the four sampadayas, Vishnu Swami, uh, Nimba Aditya, Ramanuja, and Madhva Acharya. Uh, he goes next in chapter eight into historical Vaishnavism. Um, obviously, the worship of Vishnu is first found in in the Rig Veda and then carries on and is found throughout Vedic literature. And he uh, gives us some insight in that. Uh, he gives us then an insight in the history of divine descents. So we're seeing, first of all, Vishnu appearing in Vedic literature, tracing that history. Then he looks at the history of all the avatars of the Supreme Lord. Uh, so as in this way, we can see is very systematically uh, covered any manifestation of, of, of Vishnu or Krishna in this world and worship of him. Uh, and then finally, after the history of the avatars, he goes into the life of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, so, okay, I'm going to work through this introduction now, and, and let's see how far we get. Uh, and... Uh, I have not, and I am not going to give here a complete overview of each chapter, um, because then I would really do a separate book on this, on, on understanding uh, this particular book and everything it contains. So I'm doing selected, uh, selected uh, excerpts from here and there. And obviously these selected excerpts are, uh, are chosen by me in a, in a biased way. Uh, somehow or other things that stood out in the text. Sri um, Nichananda, and this is from Page three. Sri Nichananda and Sri Advaita are inseparably associated with the appearance of Sri Chaitanya in this world. It's not possible to realize the nature of the deeds of Sri Chaitanya without the knowledge of the personality of Sri Nichananda and Sri Advaita. Through Nichananda and Advaita, the connection of Sri Krishna with the mundane world is established and maintained. This brings us to the question of the transcendental cosmology of the scriptures. There's a gradation of spheres and uh, one above another up to Goloka. The above in the, uh, sorry, the abode of Sri Krishna in Goloka are found Baladev, Pajumnan, Aniruddha, the other selves of Krishna. Nichananda is identical with Baladev in Goloka. All right, the, the Vedic, so he deals with the, uh, the cosmology. Uh, and uh, yes, we can, 
I will not uh, now follow exactly uh, everything that uh, Professor Sanyo is writing about, uh, about that cosmology. I'll just very shortly say, in general, um, the cosmology is the Bhagavad cosmology, and the Bhagavad cosmology describes us uh, Golok as, as half of the entire spiritual realm, and that there is uh, Golokas in the shape of a lotus flower. On the petals of this lotus flower, we find on the inside of the petals, we'll find Mathura and, and Dwarka. And then on the most external side of the petals, we find uh, we find Ayodhya. Then we'll go on to the Vaikuntha planets, and uh, and after completing uh, all the various Vaikuntha planets, which are situated in the Brahma Jyoti, then we come to the border between the material world and the spiritual world. The entire spiritual area is then known as Haridam, the abode of the Lord. And then there is the Viraja River, the border between the two, also known as Causal Ocean, the resting place of Mahavishnu. And then we get on the other side of the Viraja, or other side of the Causal Ocean, we get the material world known as Devidam, the abode of Devi, of Durga, which is under the control of Durga. So Haridam and Devidam, separated by the Viraja River. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then we see how Nichananda and Advaita uh, are mentioned here to be the, uh, the connection of Sri Krishna with the mundane world. Uh, uh, so because we understand that uh, Lord Nichananda is described in the Chaitanya Charitamrita in Adi Lila chapter 5 as, as the source of all the Purusha avatars. Uh, so we see that uh, Mahavishnu and Garbhadaksaya Vishnu and Xiradaksaya Vishnu, uh, they are all emanating. Uh, they're all emanating from Lord Nichananda, all expansions of Lord Nichananda. Now, Mahavishnu is, is expanding himself or is manifesting himself in Chaitanya and Mahaprabhu's pastimes as Advaita Acharya. Uh, so in that way, we can see that in one sense, Advaita Acharya is a further expansion. And therefore, in the hierarchy, we're looking at Lord Chaitanya, who expands himself as in his own form, right? as Nichananda. He's as Krishna and Balaram. Balaram is Krishna, but now in, in, in a different mood. And uh, Lord Nichananda is the same as Lord Chaitanya. Therefore, Lord Nichananda comes as a devotee, Bhakta Rupa, and therefore Nichananda is Bhakta Swarupa. Uh, he is the Lord's own form. That is there. So there's no difference. Then Advaita Acharya is the avatar. Anyway, then, uh, so they are dealing with the mundane world. 
so we saw Nichananda was the source of all the uh, various uh, uh, Purusha avatars. And then we see Mahavishnu, who is none other than Advaita Acharya. Mahavishnu is manifesting all the universes from the pore holes of his, of his body. Um, someone have missed the name of the book I was reading. I see it appearing here. Okay, the book I'm reading is Sri Krishna Chaitanya. It is a book, okay, the way I have it here, of Professor Nisikant Sanyal, who was a disciple of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, also known as Sri Narayandas Bhakti Sudhakar. And this book has been authorized by, by Srila Bhakti Siddhanta. It consists of two volumes, right, which we are discussing hmm. for our readers who came in late. So it's an intellectual book and uh, it's not so easy to, uh, to capture it very quickly. And therefore I'm doing, uh, I decided that for the relevance of my book, I'm just taking highlights from it. I'm not trying to do an, an overview of it. I'm just trying to take some highlights, which I think will uh, will be relevant to me. Um, so I was discussing um, how shortly I was dis discussing uh, Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nichananda who are dealing with the material world. Then, uh, then uh, Professor Sanyal mentioned this is is relevant to the uh, uh, to the to the cosmology or of the Bhagavad cosmology. Uh, I quickly gave a summary of that cosmology uh, and to. Uh, give it very short, there's the spiritual world with Goloka and Vaikuntha planets and so on, and then uh, there's the Viraja, and then there is the material world. Spiritual world then is known as the abode of the Lord, Haridam, and the material world is known as the abode of Devi, or of Durga, Devidam. Yes. And then we see how Nichananda and Advaita Acharya are both getting involved with Devi Dham, in the sense that Nichananda expands himself in the form of the Purusha avatars, Mahavishnu, Garbhadaksaya, Vishnu, So he, Garbhadaksaya, Vishnu, is the expansion of Mahavishnu who enters into every universe and is present there. Ksirudaksaya, Vishnu, is present in every atom, in the heart of every living being. So in this way, Nichananda gets involved with the material world, uh, with the very creation of the whole material uh, manifestation, the Mahatattva. And uh, Advaita Acharya, he is, uh, from, from the pores of his body, the universes uh, manifest. And in this way, he is also involved mm, with the material realm. Yes. Whereas Krishna himself um, is absorbed in his pleasure pastimes. Then, of course, once in a day of Brahma, Krishna himself appears in the material world. And 
then after that, uh, he, he also appears as Lord Chaitanya, also once in a day of Brahma. And then we see how Nichananda, when Krishna appears, Balaram also appears. When uh, Lord Chaitanya appears, Nichananda also appears. Then the avatars, uh, or the avatars, they appear uh, a thousand times in a day of Brahma. In every cycle of four yugas, the das avatar, uh, the avatars are appearing. Yes, whereas Krishna appears only in one, once in a day of Brahma. The other members of the das avatar. So in this way, I've explained very quickly um, what was explained here at length. Um, um, Sanyal also makes a uh, a reference to uh, to. All the revealed scriptures, with the single exception of the Bhagavatams, are to a more or less extent the textbooks of reverential worship. The reverential service of Godhead in its genuine form is wholly free from any mundane grossness, although there is in it a comparative reference and eligibility. The ordinary degenerate practices of the revealed Religions are a caricature of the real function which cannot be realized till the soul is released from the fetters of nescience. All right, again, uh, um, I'm sure you captured that language. Uh, but the point, all the revealed scriptures, with this, this was from page four. Um, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to send some pictures to the transcribers later of these pages. All the revealed scriptures, with the single exception of the Bhagavatam, are more or less extent, are to a more or less extent the textbooks of reverential worship. Yes. Yeah. So, always looking at, at the Lord, the old the omniscient, the omnipotent, uh, the, uh, the, uh, oh, come on, the all-powerful uh, supreme personality of Godhead uh, is the basic team of, uh, of, 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 of all religions. Uh. A little sarcasm. Well, yeah, I mean, no, but my sarcasm is not uh, to discourage anyone. My sarcasm is rather uh, from uh, to, uh, when I look at it myself and I've got the paper in front of me, then I have to also really uh, read attentively as to uh, what is being said here. Uh, it's it's that kind of... of academic language uh, and if you just hear it it's more difficult so 
but I'm explaining. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, so, so awe and reverence is, is a theme. Uh, the theme of Aishvarya. Somehow or other worshipping the opulence of the Supreme Lord, the power of the Supreme Lord. And in this way, uh, prostrating ourselves in front of that unlimited, all-powerful being. Uh, that is, is, is there in all scriptures of the world, and not only of the, the world religions, but also in the scriptures, in the Vedic scriptures. And only, only the Bhagavatam is particularly dealing with that worship of the Supreme Personality of Godhead in this uh, unique, unique feature of, uh, of love of God, um, where then uh, with the help of Yoga Maya, we forget all. The devotee forgets about the all-powerful supreme nature of the Lord and therefore sees the Lord just as a village boy who is the same as all the other residents of the village in that sense. And therefore everyone has a strong sense of equality and therefore the level of intimacy is so much greater. And that is what we're dealing with. Mm. All right, we're going forward. Uh, and uh, Okay, let's see what he says about Advaita. But the mercy of Sri Krishna Chaitanya enables all conditioned souls to pass through all these graded stages of spiritual progress by appearing to us in the form of his divine narrative of his deeds. This narrative has been made available by the mercy of Sri Advaita and Sri Nichananda, who are the eternal divine intermediaries between ourselves and the Supreme Lord. The function of making our prostrated obeisance to Hari Guru and the Vaishnavas is not an idol or symbolic ceremony. It is exercised the function of devotion to Godhead made possible by the causeless grace of Sri Advaita, who is the source of the material as well as the sanction of all spiritual functions of us conditioned souls under all circumstances. Obeisance to Sri Advaita is obeisance to the Vaishnavas. Obeisance to Nityananda is obeisance to Sri Guru. Obeisance to Sri Krishna Chaitanya is obeisance to the Godhead himself as he is. Obeisance to Sri Krishna Chaitanya is obeisances both to Sri Krishna and his counterhole Sri Radhika in one. All right, let's have a little water on that one. Uh -huh. Yeah, this is uh, this is very nice. Uh, how? Okay, Nichananda is 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 acting as as the guru, and of course, Advaita Acharya is also as, as acting as the guru. But one interesting thing is, Advaita Acharya is taking 
the position of uh, of dependence, just as the living being is taken, because Advaita Acharya is is just is worshiping the Saligam Shila with uh, with uh, uh, Tulsi and Ganga Jal. And Advaita Chai is in this way trying to make the Supreme Personality of Godhead appear. Uh, he's trying to. So Advaita Acharya is seeing that there's nothing I can do myself. Although he's Vishnu avatar, there's nothing I can do myself because all I can do is Paritanayu Sadhanam Vinasya Saduskritam, establish principles of religion and annihilate demons. But I cannot give Krishna Prem, and therefore Advaita Acharya is in the, in the position as the devotee who is just um, fully dependent as, as the, as the uh, or, and, and, and cannot do anything on his own. It is now depending on the mercy of the Lord. And Advaita is trying to make the Lord appear. Nichananda is teaching by example. And, and in that way, uh, he is the guru. Because he is, is fully showing, fully showing how to be the servant of the Lord. Um, he becomes the medial servant of the Lord. He becomes the bed, the plate, the shoes, the basic paraphernalia of the Lord. He is, uh, in any possible way, providing the entire foundation of, uh, of, of whatever is going on. As Balaram, he is even, ex even the foundation of the spiritual world, of Vrindavan. Huh? And and then we see he's directly involved with the material world, as the Purusha avatars, and in all these functions, and he is, is serving the Lord. Nichananda is Sevak Bhagavan, but he's the same Bhagavan, but now in the mood of a servant. And Lord Chaitanya, Sevya Bhagavan. So that's what uh, Professor Sanya is saying. That was from page seven. Uh, I was reading now. And with that, I have uh, just uh, uh, simply uh, the uh, compl completed what he calls the auspiciatory observance, or which we would call the Mangala Charan. And as he points out, quoting Chaitanya Charitamrita, the auspiciatory observance, or the, uh, you can hear, Mangala Charan, um, uh, consists of three parts. That is to say, one, the, the postulation of the subject matter, two, benedictory purpose, and three, offering of submissive obeisances. So that is stated by Krishna Daskaviraj in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Uh, and, and Prabhupada calls it, uh, and the uh, auspicious invocation, uh, yeah, auspicious invocation. So we didn't even get to the introduction yet 
All we did was the uh, auspicious invocation. And, uh, and now I'll carry on to the uh, object and, and method. Uh, uh, we have been discussing in Chaitanya Charitamrita the verse Ulukena Deki and Adeke Abaktiragan Ulukena Deke Yena Shurya Kiran. That while looking, the non devotee cannot see, and as the owl cannot see the rays of the sun. So, I mean, that's basically the overriding theme from the first chapter. Uh, exposing how, uh, yeah, uh, so many owls are not able to see the rays of the sun. Mm. So he says, the present work is an attempt to offer theistic account in the English language of the career and teachings of Sri Chaitanya. The number of existing books on the subject is very small. The life and precepts of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by Thakur Bhakti Vinod the pioneer of the movement of pure devotion in our age, although it gives a true account of his life, is a comparatively short work. Other English works on the subject are from the pens of self-sufficient, misguided amateurs who had no practical experience, who had no practical sorry, experience of the teachings they have professed to expound. This is from page nine. So, okay, he gets into the work of uh, many who have tried to, uh, to, to write about Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and there are plenty of books in the English language from before. Um, you know, like we're looking at uh, uh, D.C. Sen, uh, we're looking at uh, at, at uh, many scholarly work, works, Melville, Kennedy. We're looking at Yadunath Shakar. We're looking at uh, um, uh, gosh, uh, many works, and as we see, uh, he is not so impressed. The available authoritative sources of information are quite exhaustive regarding the spiritual aspect and offer a narrative of his doing and teachings that is both consistent and free from contradiction. To these was added later another body of works of different character by pedantic pseudo-Vaishnavas and faithless foreign writers that offer the concoctions of their own respective lines of thought. Insincere writers have adopted without apology the point of view and garbled accounts of the pseudo-Vaishnava authors as the basis of their uh, narratives. So, um, definitely uh, a disciple of Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and just complete karate. Mm. Uh, now, so in my book, um, as you know, by now, I have uh, have looked at many books that have been written about Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, 
And, uh, and one reason why I've looked at some of these books that are uh, not necessarily written by the, uh, by the followers of Sampradaya, and, uh, and some of these books certainly may, uh, may uh, have the faults that are here raised by Professor Sanyo. Still, um, I've looked at some books because they provide historical context. Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, appearance on this planet is only 500 years ago. And that is within the range of, uh, of, of knowable history. Uh, things, things, there are records. And therefore, uh, some of that history, uh, when made available, can give us a much, uh, can give us more background, more context of the Chaitanya movement. It's not, and that's all it is some context, it, uh, it cannot give us the essence of what really is, uh, are the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, for that, we turn to the Acharyas, and that is uh, the main substance of, uh, of my book also. But some historical context of what was actually going on uh, around the movement of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, for example, I have covered uh, the presence of Islam and some history of Islam in India and in Asia in general. I have covered uh, Buddhism, the presence in India and in Bengal and in the uh, in the and during the time of uh, Vaishnavism leading up to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement. Um, I have, uh, we can see how um, the, um, the uh, Islamic force is coming into India. How is it coming into India? How is it coming into Bengal? When is it coming into Bengal? What, uh, what presence did they have? Where and, and what forces? And was it only army? Or was there more? And I've pointed out, yes, there was more. There were uh, there were schools established uh, to to teach the uh, uh, with with scholars to teach the proper Islamic philosophy, and then there were Sufis who were uh, kind of uh, philosophically uh, uh, and deep in uh, deeply devotional personalities so all these things i have described in 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 my book and uh, and therefore uh, i have uh... so the object of writing this book is to place before the english knowing reader a strictly accurate theistic account of sri chaitanya uh, who teaches the absolute truth that had been handed down through the ages by an unbroken succession of unbiased spiritual preceptors. This narrative is broad based on all the authoritative sources and seeks to fully present the esoteric side 
as explaining the exoteric in pursuance of the matter of all really enlightened writers on spiritual subjects. All right, so uh, we also will try to do that, you know, in our presentation. And, uh, and we see that the, uh, whenever we do present anything about history, uh, then that should never be taken in the same absolute sense as, as when we are addressing uh, uh, things directly from the sources of, of uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's biographies. Uh, because whatever the Acharyas say, that we accept as, uh, as the absolute truth. And whatever I provide in history, yes, history, uh, historians sometimes get some details wrong. So that's not infallible knowledge, but it's relevant knowledge though, and gives us an insight. So I will include some of that uh, historical knowledge just for our, uh, uh, our benefit. And I've filtered through the sources to sources that are, are uh, considered reliable. I'm uh, working uh, carefully uh, with with uh, various scholarly sources and scholars I consult so that I can give a relatively uh, uh, good account of the historical context. But remember, history is is never uh, is, is, is never uh, never certain. Uh, for example, in the, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, uh, we find a reference about Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taking sannyas in chapter 17 from Adi Lila. And then it says that Sri uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, right, uh, prior to taking sannyas, was attending the kirtan of uh, Srivas for one year. Now, this happened after he came back from Gaia. Uh, maybe it took a little while before he actually started uh, attend in, in coming back from Gaia and then joining the Kirtan. So it looks, uh, for, if you read it from chapter 17, it looks historically that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would have been uh, gone to Gaia uh, not too long before his taking of sannyas, maybe one and a half or two years, something like that, right, before taking sannyas, since he only for one year was joining into the Kirtans and Srivas's house. So this way, we sort of look at the date of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu being in Gaia at, uh, you know, maybe 1858, and we don't know the exact month, so we could maybe move it to the end of 15-7, or some, some, some fluctuation would be there. 
but it gives us a general idea when it took place. Now, some, you know, some Vaishnavas also are, are thinking that it was much longer. They claim six years, yeah, six, sort of six years uh, that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would have been 18 years old when he went to Gaya and then for six years performed all this Navadvi pastimes. So, okay, you know, we don't find exactly that it says in the in the biographies, and it was six years. So therefore, we have to do some uh, some little calculation and approximation. Right? But it does make a difference if it was six years or if it was longer. And then we look at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu being married to uh, twice, Lakshmi Priya, Vishnu Priya. And all that also has to happen before sannyas. So we got a whole puzzle there to, to figure that out historically, how it happens. We do not have the exact, uh, the exact figures, but through some logical inference, etc., we can uh, try to reconstruct the history. That is the nature of history. So in, nature, in history, we try to reconstruct something, whereas when it comes to the actual description, this pastime took place, that pastime took place from the biographies, that's just a fact. And, uh, and without considering uh, exact historical, historical context, just the contents of the pastimes and the teaching and the lesson within, uh, that is another matter. That is Siddhanta. And so historical context and Siddhanta, we have now discussed. And we're carrying on tomorrow with a little more on this book uh, of Professor Nisikant Sanya. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.